everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the Odyssey movie uh, that came out in 1997. Technically it says it's a mini-series, but it's only like two parts, so I think it's one of those direct-to-TV movies. Um, but please be sure to watch that before you tune into this episode, just so you don't get any spoilers. But honestly, this is a really good adaptation, so I think you guys are going to really like it. Especially if you don't really mind the, you know... 90s to early 2000s graphics, uh, then you're going to be right in the right place. But without further ado, I don't really have a whole lot of announcements, so let's get right into the episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bailey Bookish Podcast. We are once again joined by Jade from About a Book Podcast. Hi. I, I don't know why I'm waving as well because this isn't a video, but <laughs> I'm waving. <laughs> probably it's it's wonderful. So honestly, this is probably one of the best book to movie adaptations I've ever seen. I loved it so much. I really enjoyed it. I'd actually recommend it. Yeah, I honestly didn't think I was going to... Like, it's got the 90s acting, which is not great, and we all know it. But, like, with that in mind, it's one of... Like, it follows the book very, very closely. Of course, though, there was the 90s special effects, which were... Very interesting. 90s special effects. Uh, but we can yeah. talk about that, like, a bit into it. But, like, I really, I thought it was done very well. Like, there's especially, yeah. like, special effects around the part with, like, um, Aeolus, the god of the wind. Um, do you remember mm-hmm. a bit where like there's the waterfall and his face is like in the waterfall? Yeah, I thought I that do was like really the, cool. Yeah, I definitely like the use of projections in this movie. I thought they were really well done. It was kind of an interesting way to do things. I thought the casting was really good as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I did think okay. it was funny how i did think it was funny how telemachus had a very british accent that just wasn't like anybody yes (laughs) i was so distracted by it it was so strange he seemed like a posh little prince like english prince (laughs) not like some like i suppose he's like a a greek prince but still i don't know why he's a british accent i know and i love that like they made him look like he was a child the entire time yeah because i always imagined Telemachus to be like a teenager like you know mm-hmm. 16 17 or whatever but he was like a proper child and I was like how but that I kind of makes sense about the suitors then because it's not like he could defend his mother and um, yeah. like he because you can't do that in the book either but um I was like okay that makes a bit sense why well, like the place has been overrun but um yeah I was definitely expecting him to be older so that was an interesting change they also didn't do um like Telemachus's whole like um you know the like first four books where it's all focused on him mm-hmm. it's about his like um personal development like journey and traveling and stuff they yeah. just cut all that out but I think it made sense because um it made it more of like one cohesive story yeah they cut out quite a few things but like I wasn't necessarily really mad about it and I feel like for the fact that this was still a three-hour movie like they covered what they needed to yeah all the best sure. parts of the book and I don't think they really took any like super creative liberties either like I think it stood to the book pretty well for most of it um another thing to note is that 
I was happy they still made Odysseus into a complete idiot. They didn't, <laughs> try to yeah. make, they didn't try to make him like a real great hero. Like he still lies loads. And I think even um, I think even uh, Penelope says that at one point, like, oh, my like trickster husband or like, oh, my mm-hmm. like Joker husband. And it's like, no, he just lies. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into the movie. So it starts with Penelope giving birth and Odysseus trying to carry her all the way to the palace. And I was like, where was she at? I found that a very interesting change as well because it was kind of setting Odysseus up to be like a family man and like Mm -hmm. kind of how much he cares about his family and how happy he was to have a son and stuff. So I guess... um, I I guess that kind of like added a bit more purpose to why he wanted to travel home and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess it kind of made you like him a bit more off the bat, which is good. Yeah, I like the change to being more of a family man. It's like they didn't really like show him being much of a warrior till the end. So it just like seemed like he was like this wonderful stay at home dad that like yeah. got sent off to war. Yeah, because in the book, it's much more like he's like a fighter first and like a husband second, which mm-hmm. makes sense because that was definitely more valued back then. It was all about like your honor and fighting for the gods and stuff. Um, So I like that they made that change to more like adapt it to what we value in society now. So, yeah. And then Penelope has the quickest labor I think I've ever (laughs) seen a woman have (laughs) and gives birth with a sheep. Oh, and then like, I think she's, she's like crying and then like, she's like giving birth crying and Odysseus is like, calm down, calm down. And she just like calms down. And it's like, if I was in labor and my husband was telling me to like, calm down or be quiet i'd be like going crazy (laughs) yeah no absolutely not like commit a murder right there yeah and she yeah she gives birth in the shepherd's hut which is um i think that was a nice touch too because in the book the swine herd is like mentioned a lot so yeah the thing that's weird to me though is the swine herder doesn't have any walls on his house like he doesn't really have a house yeah it's just a shack it's kind of like a like an outdoor like awning you know where you have like your outdoor drinks or whatever outdoor dining style gazebo (laughs) i know so i'm like give this man some walls after he like you literally had your child birthed there the weird thing to me though is that they like made this seem kind of reminiscent of god yeah about like the birth of jesus Mm-hmm. yeah definitely i got that vibe as well the way he's like okay you know the way like odysseus and stuff is like a king and they live in a palace but then he mm-hmm. ends up being born in like a sheep hut it was very similar to that and then how everybody was so excited for like the birth of the son and the message is like traveling yeah. around the village it was i think it was definitely meant to be kind of like that i think it was a very interesting touch i think it worked well yeah, i'm good I'm glad you got those vibes too, because I was worried that was like my Catholic upbringing really coming out there. <laughs> well, I had a Catholic upbringing too, so maybe it's both of us. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely see that. So then the worst thing happens, and well, first before this happens, uh, my man Odysseus shows off his child like it's Simba in The Lion King, and it's <laughs> like, all of this is yours. <laughs> everything the light touches that was i thought that was that reminded me of lion king too i'm glad that we're on the same page it was definitely like that i i thought it was kind of iconic though because i'm like that is i love the lion king so that really was working for me i don't know when the lion king came out though so i don't it was in the 90s as well so okay 
Yeah. Maybe it was fresh on the mind. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So like three seconds after the small child comes out of Penelope and in just like the quickest ever possible birth, uh, <laughs> we see the ships come into the shore and that's when Odysseus gets called to the Trojan War, the day of his child's birth. Yeah, very dramatic, very high stakes, mm-hmm. um, very, you know, emotive for the audience because it's not like that in the... Well, they don't actually go into Telemachus's birth in the book. Yeah, but, yeah. but I, did, I didn't mind it, I think. It probably, it probably was around that time period, actually, when he was just yeah. born because like, the aging lines up. Yeah, I just, I think that was a nice touch, though, for the movie because, mm. one, it ensures that we know that this is Odysseus's kid because I know there was some moments in the book where there was like a little bit of implied this might not even be Odysseus's child. Yes. So it like ensures that that we know for sure that that's his kid. And then also it shows how us, how happy Odysseus was so that we're like rooting for him to get home as well, which is nice. Yeah. I also noticed that there was a lot more foreshadowing in this movie than there was in the book yeah i thought that too but then i was thinking maybe uh just because we're like a 21st century audience we don't pick up on the same stuff yeah. like say like the bird the different birds that are mentioned they probably have meaning that the audience would get or maybe just like different superstitions that haven't uh survived until today yeah, fair enough but I think it worked because I think for like a book is different but I think for a movie you need to make things more obvious like that so, yeah, I like that touch as well. Yeah. I honestly have very few, like, negative things to say about the movie. I was really impressed. Like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really it. don't either. Like, I was kind of surprised that I enjoyed it. I wasn't sure I was going to, um, just because I feel like a lot of these Trojan War movies are just so badly done. Yeah, yeah. But um, I asked that's another thing that I liked, that it wasn't all just based on, like, mm-hmm. the war and stuff. Like, it wasn't just... Like there was a good like personal story yeah. there, which is that that's why I prefer the uh, Odyssey over to the Iliad because Iliad is just yeah the Iliad was not very entertaining. No, but we're we're more well-rounded because we read both of them. Thanks. So we're scholars. Yeah, experts. PhDs <laughs> specifically in the Trojan War, according to Homer. Stay tuned for the Aeneid because that's a good one. That's like pretty much a perfect mix between both. Yeah, I'm of excited them. to do that one, but um. Yeah, but what else happened then? What what god was your favorite? That was between um, the, book. I mean, the movie. I mean, I've always been a big Athena fan. Her, well, I loved. Okay, I like Athena. Love both Circe and Calypso. Calypso's fit mm. the entire time spectacular. Yeah, yeah, like Calypso was very like she had all the sex appeal and so mm-hmm. did Cersei I was like oh I see how Cersei gets all these men to her island that she turned oh, yeah. into pigs you know like she was just so well cast and her like uh her wardrobe and everything was amazing Hermes's hair looked like he should have been an in sync. oh my god Hermes 
he was like wearing a gold speedo mm -hmm. and he had these like abs and I was like oh this is so <laughs> it was just so funny and he had the little wings on his ankles and I I, I just thought he yeah, was really funny. funny he had all the glitter he had all the gold glitter in his hair and like on his face you know that after they put him in that role he was like I am never touching glitter again this is ridiculous he probably Legend says that he still finds glitter on himself to this day. He's just one day he's like home and it's it's, it's tw the year is twenty twenty one. He's got family around him and he looks down and sees a piece of gold glitter and he's like, "No, <laughs> could never escape." So then we get a little Trojan War recap, which I like that we just you know I like the idea of being able to do a book to movie adaptation where the movie can stand by itself. You don't necessarily have to read the book. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of movies I've seen where they were books originally, and it very much was like one of those things where if you didn't read the book, you wouldn't get the full experience of the movie. And I think this one stands by itself very well. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like if you knew nothing about the Odyssey going into it or anything like that, or even like... The Trojan War, whatever. This is a really good movie to like. This movie would make you want to read. The oh book. yeah, definitely. And I might even like recommend you watch the movie first, just so that you have more like motivation to get through the book because it can be a bit yeah. of a slog at times. I will say, I think the Emily Wilson translation was very like a good version to read if you're gonna read the Odyssey for the first time because I think it's really user friendly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The one thing that was kind of wild about this, though, is that we finally got to see Achilles from someone else's point of view. This man looked like a barbarian during the Trojan War. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looked like a horrible individual. But, like, if you think about it, if we didn't have the sympathy for Achilles that we get in um, the Song of Achilles or you know, in the Iliad, uh, getting some of his backstory, like you would think Achilles is a terrible individual. Like he is bloodthirsty when he goes to war. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point that he's like valued is because he's a good fighter. Like they never say, well, they do say he's like honorable and stuff, but that's still in regards to like yeah. the war. They never say like, oh, he's so kind or like whatever. He um, makes the best hearts yeah. in all of the history. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was really crazy kind of just seeing that different perspective of him, which I, I liked because I think that it gives us new insight into Achilles as a character. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So then, you know, we get the Trojan horse minute and Poseidon gets someone eaten in the shallow water. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that was a choice, but, you know. Yeah, it was it was funny. It's a little quirk mm -hmm. in the movie. Added some humor, added some spice. So then Odysseus makes the literal worst choice in all of humankind and said that he does not need the gods because he is good enough by himself. Oh, my gosh. The whole time he was like giving out about Athena. He's like, oh, Athena has abandoned mm -hmm. me in my moment of need. Oh, Athena doesn't do enough. We're like, oh, I'm Odysseus. I don't need anybody. I do all this on my own. And I'm like, you'd be nothing without Athena. Yeah. You'd be dead years ago if it wasn't for her. She literally moves the whole plot along because he just is mm -hmm. useless. 
But I think that worked for his character because he's a complete idiot. Yeah, so. I did not love this because I was like, do we really think Odysseus would basically turn his back against the gods? That's true because he is very like yeah. respectful of the gods in the book. I wish that they didn't make this change just because I feel like they mm. didn't need to. Yeah, I guess. Maybe it's supposed to be kind of for dramatic irony or something, being like, oh, Athena abandoned me in my moment yeah. of need, and then she, like, swoops in or whatever. Because then when he gives out about Athena, then she, like, pops up, and she's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. So maybe that was just a way to, like, bring her into the mm-hmm. the scene. Maybe. Yeah. But then Poseidon's like, eh, you forgot us. I'm just going to make your life the absolute worst. Yeah. <laughs> so there was that. Um, and then we get a flash of Penelope fighting with her mother-in-law, which fair, that woman is overbearing. I really liked that. I was like, this is realistic, mm-hmm. you know, wife and mother-in-law dynamic. And um, yeah, because Odysseus's mom, she's like only already mentioned in the fact that like she dies yeah. in grief. So <laughs> I'm glad that she was actually in the book. And I think it made a lot of sense. Like since her son's on a way, you know, she kind of like, the only one there and she's kind of giving it to mm-hmm. Athena sorry giving it to Penelope and stuff I think it made yeah. a lot of sense and it made um us have a bit more sympathy for like Penelope as well um and I wasn't just like all focused on like her sitting in her room and their suitors it's like she has other stuff going mm-hmm. on in her life yeah as well I'd like that for sure and then I the one thing uh like and they also changed that Odysseus's dad isn't there anymore which was fine by me but yeah. I do kind of like the dynamic of seeing Penelope telling her mother-in-law like let Telemachus be a kid you know yeah I really like that as well more Penelope content (laughs) so then our boy Odysseus makes it to the Cyclops island and I kind of forget in the 90s and 80s movies that they have a really hard time with like cgi proportions because sometimes the cyclops is giant and then sometimes he is not that big and i think it's really funny yeah yeah i thought they they kind of it looked really good though like the cyclops because i don't know this is probably an unpopular opinion but i feel like nowadays watching movies if it's just like loads of special effects it just looks very like i don't know like unrealistic Mm. in a way like if it just looks completely computerized but this like i know it was like makeup or whatever but like i think it actually like fitted the movie you know because like nowadays they even do like cgi cats and everything like cgi animals and like i'm not talking about if the animals like talking or something but like just in the background they have like just stuff computerized that they don't need to have um, so I like the way it was just an actor with special effects makeup on because I don't think it would have been the same if it was like a big CGI. Yeah, monster. I didn't mind it. And I think it's because like, I think once you watch a movie and the whole movie's kind of like that, you know, where it's not overly CGI, it would have thrown yeah. me if the whole time they had like really, really good CGI and then like they had that makeup Cyclops that wasn't proportional the whole time. But like when you get into a movie like that and you're just in the world, you can kind of just exist in the world and not notice everything unless you're taking notes like I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Cause I didn't really notice that to be honest. Yeah. I just, I, I just watched another like the eighties Alice in Wonderland and they had a really hard time with her proportions because you can't CGI the whole background. So they had to put her in two yeah. different sets 
the whole so they build like two replica sets one when she was very big and one when she was very small and that see that's what i like that's i obviously now it's so much more expensive and it's so much mm-hmm. more work and everything but like i think sometimes that just looks better yeah i don't mind it i think it's just one of those things where it's like you get used to whatever you're watching you know what i mean yeah but the funny thing to me is they tried to avoid putting the cyclops and the group in as many frames like in the same frames as much as possible yeah i did notice that yeah i mean i get it that's like reality tv they try and not put everybody in the same frame so they can clip things together to make them what they want yeah and then the cyclops only kills one guy so is he really that bad like at the beginning and then he kills another guy with the sheep he kills their uh bard yeah. So not that bad. But um Yeah, well, I mean it was still bad, but um Yeah, sorry, I think I mean I think it fit. Oh sorry, I was just saying like yeah, he didn't kill that many people, but I think it worked cuz you don't want to just watch a big scene of him just eating those people cuz one it's difficult to do and two it's just like unnecessary, yeah. you know. Yeah. For sure. Cuz it's just like you know, we already know that the whole ship is going to die. So does it really matter if he kills everybody except Odysseus in this moment? Yeah, because I think in the movie he kills, I mean, I think in the book he kills like a lot more people, doesn't he? He kills like mm-hmm. half the... Yeah, I think he kills seven people, maybe? I could be wrong. Yeah, it doesn't matter anyway, but... um. So they leave... You know, it was still bad. I mean, I wouldn't want to be eaten by Cyclops. No, thank you. (laughs) So they leave Cyclops Island. And the next place they go is uh, Odysseus sees this cool waterfall. And he tries to love his water skin. And it turns out it's the God of Winds waterfall, which is cool. Uh, this was this is probably my favorite scene in the movie. I just thought it was really mm-hmm. well done. And I thought that Aeolus was like a really funny character. And I think he was casted really well. And... I just really enjoyed it because he didn't really in the book it's not really mentioned much it's just like oh Aeolus gives him a bag yeah. of wind but like in this it's kind of like a funny scene and I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah I like it too and I like that it's like it gives us a little bit of insight to the minor gods you know and they're like I'm tired of Poseidon yeah. and he runs this ocean and I'm like love yeah. that for you Aeolus like let's get it. Yeah, you see, he's kind of the beef between the different gods. Like, there has to be, you know? Like, you can't have an eternity where some people are in power and some people aren't and nobody be upset about it. That was another thing with the movie. They didn't kind of do the meeting of the gods. Like, there wasn't a scene where all the gods were just, like, in the sky discussing stuff. Yeah. I I mean... But I feel like that wasn't super I don't think so either. I mean, it... Like, I think you could very easily have a Gods of the Trojan War movie. You know, yeah. but I don't think like for us to focus on Odysseus, I think that would have taken away from his story. Yeah. And I don't think like I didn't need to add an extra hour so we could get a god meeting. Yeah, I agree. So my next note is that Odysseus is looking like a dad on a road trip during when they're all sailing. <laughs> so he's like trying to manage everybody and he's like just let's just keep rowing let's go like like he'd be the one like keeping the passport safe in the little pocket and like <laughs> sort of looking at the map and all yes. that yeah i definitely got those vibes like stop messing in the back <laughs> we're almost there and then the crew 
like as soon as they're about to get to Ithaca, opens the winds. Yeah, it was that classic, like, ah, oh, so close, but then. Yeah, so and far. they made a hurricane. Yeah. I was like, bruh, why would you do that? <laughs> that happens in the book, though. Yeah, I know. No, I didn't mean, like, why would you do that about the movie? I meant, why would you do that, like, to the characters? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so then we get to them being back on their sailing adventure because they blew it. Um, they literally they blew it. Blew it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just like every time I just think about this, I just get upset, and then no one takes responsibility for it as they move on. You know what they didn't actually have in the wait? Did they have it in the movie? Did the Phoenicians with the yeah, the way their boat turns to stone? They didn't they have did? the Phine- boats turned to stone. No, they also didn't. No, yeah, because that was what that's one of my favorite bits. Yeah, of the they book. also didn't have the sirens. It's just really sad. Yeah, I wanted Me to see too. the sirens. Sad. That's a lot of CGI, though. Yeah. They couldn't handle that back then. <laughs> yeah, all you could do is like a garbage fish chill. Yeah. And then it'd be like sing songy. Hey, Odysseus! <laughs> yeah. So then we get to Cersei's Island, and watching them chase the pig around was one of my favorite moments of this entire film. It was great. I love Cersei so much. I yes. loved her island. I I love the scene as well. All the gods were just done perfectly, mm-hmm. I think. I just wa- I enjoyed watching him climb this mountain as a bear is below him and he like comes up to a chimp and he's like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> um, Cersei, as I said, is absolutely stunning and she's also into knife play. So Yeah. The the one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that they decided to change the fact of where Odysseus spent his time. So instead of having nine years on an island with Calypso, they then changed it so that everyone was stuck with Cersei for five years, which I thought was a very interesting change. Yeah, I agree. He wasn't just like alone on the island. Yeah. And it's like also it makes more sense that like Cersei's kind of able to manipulate time. To keep them there. He's like her entire thing is about entrapment. So you're trying to figure out the best way to do that. And the best way is to basically have these guys at a spa for five hours. Which is actually five years. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a spa. It was cool. Yeah. I mean it worked out. Because like with Calypso's Island. There wasn't really anything that should have kept him there. For nine years. Except like himself i don't know yeah Except, like the fact that athena didn't tell him what to do for nine years yeah <laughs> yeah so then we get flashed over to after we find out that he's like upset because he got stuck with cersei for nine years or for five years we flash over to odysseus's mother who has decided that she is done waiting and decides to just go to hades by walking into the water and they basically tell like imply that she killed herself but she just kind of walks into the water yeah i guess it's kind of like she lets the sea take her like she kind of like lets herself drown so i've seen that in like horror movies before where the people just like walk into the sea yeah yeah that it's a thing so cersei's trying to get odysseus to stay with her and he's everyone's like forget your wife and it's like you know, that's fair because he has been sleeping around 
Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, then we get another flash over to Penelope and Telemachus and all of the suitors have arrived. Yeah. So there's that. And the suitors are way older than I imagined as well, but I guess it does make sense. Like, they're all really old men. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But I also imagine they were younger too, so that's fair. Hmm. So then we get the journey to Hades, and they made Hades look like hell. Fitting. Yeah, I always thought the underworld was going to be like kind of cold. I don't know why I thought that, but that was just like my headcanon. Interesting. Maybe it was because of uh, the blue fire of Hades and yeah. <laughs> Hercules. So, you know, apparently you can just kind of like sail to the underworld. That's an option you have. You don't have to like actually die, which is fun. Mm, yeah. My favorite thing about Greek mythology is that the gods are always just, like, kind of over there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, they are very accessible if someone's determined, which I think is fun. Yeah. I just, I like that idea because it just adds a little bit of spice. It adds a little bit of fun. <laughs> adds a little bit of spice, exactly. So then after Odysseus is talks to uh, the prophet and Hades... He, like, straight up struggles to get out of the underworld. Yeah. Like, he was having a <laughs> difficult time climbing out these stairs. I thought it looked so good um, in the underworld where all the ghosts. Yeah. I thought they made it look really good. To me, it gave me, like, Haunted Mansion vibes. Yes, exactly. Oh, we're just on the same wave- wavelength with this movie. <laughs> Is it because we're Disney kids? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Lion King and Haunted Mansion references i think it was really well done though like there was i kind of wish they would have made you know the people he was actually physically talking to in hades look like ghosts but they made him look like people and it's not that like i'm fine with it it wasn't that big of a deal but i kind of wish they would have like made them look more ghost like yeah so then it like gives you the impression that like some people are ghosts and then some people are still like people in just living in Hades which is weird yeah I agree yeah hmm. so then Odysseus gets to see his mom he doesn't get to see all the ladies of the Trojan War which is fine I don't think we needed the screen time for that because there's really no reason that that should have happened it just made like the gods seem worse which is great so then we get flashed over to Penelope again, and her house has turned into an absolute frat house. Yeah, I agree. It's it's looking rough, and I just feel bad for this woman who is, like, you know, struggling yeah. because her husband's been gone for so long. She's trying to take care of a child as a single mother, trying to run a country, and then, like, these suitors are just destroying her home. <laughs> yeah exactly and then we get flashback to Odysseus's house and we see uh, Scylla Skyla yeah Scylla Scylla there we go uh, she is horrifying oh my god yeah. <laughs> also can we just feel bad for the goats in this movie what do you mean they're all sacrificed like they literally oh, just get brought yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah like the way he brings like a goat to the underworld mm-hmm. and everything and it's like the poor goat doesn't know what's gonna happen to him 
Yeah, and then they're like, we want to see what this monster looks like. So they just release the goat onto the shore and it shakes off its little face, like its little I know. fur. And it does a little trot around. And then I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. I personally, like, I'm not a fan of goats, though. If it was a oh. cat, I'd feel very different. But the goats, goats' eyes really freak me out. That's fair. That's fair. Where they, they have those freaky. weird eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Like sheep are cute, goats kind of freak me out. So it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> um, so then they actually end up losing the ship to um the whirlpool instead of eating Apollo's cattle, which again, fine with that change. I feel like the cattle storyline is just like extra time that they don't need. I agree. Um, so that was fine by me. And yeah, they get in the whirlpool. That was cute. And then, you know, we have Odysseus stuck to the mast trying to survive. Mood. Then we get to Calypso's island and her fit is everything. I love her. I just, I loved all the gods and the female Mm. gods. They were all just beautiful and their skin was glowing and the costumes were amazing. I thought the sets were really good too. Um, so then they gave my guy caveman nightmares in Cersei's Island. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I like that scene. Yeah, where he's all like, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I talk in my sleep so much, I probably look like that. Oh, really? <laughs> I have, I don't, but I am a sleep like blanket hoarder, I cocoon myself. Which is annoying for anybody that has to share that <laughs> with me. And then we get... I love like the when something happens to Odysseus, then they flash over to Telemachus. And I really like that comparison of like the two lives that are going on right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because... For, yeah, actually, no, I suppose in the book it does flip-flop. But mm-hmm. I just like the way it's more mirrored in a movie. It's more clear that way. Yeah, for sure. And then we also get to see Telemachus trying to be like, hey, can you guys come help me with all these suitors that are destroying my house? And then everybody's like, no, no, we won't. <laughs> like, honestly, Telemachus looked like such a whiny baby in that moment. And then Athena's like, your speech is really good. No, it wasn't, Athena. It was not at all. <laughs> it was horrible. He is, kind of, he is kind of a baby, though. To be he fair, is. he's a kid. <laughs> yeah, he's like a child. But, you know, it was a really bad speech. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't have his, like, his father there to teach him how to make yeah. speeches. Yeah, that's fair. That's a, yeah, the, the child abandonment's not good, but also. <laughs> so then uh, we get to see Odysseus swimming for his life because he saw a ship on the shoreline. Or the... Uh, skyline the horizon horizon thank you (laughs) and he swims for his life and calypso's like go get him and all the like maids of calypso jump into the sea they're like trained swimmers yeah (laughs) i loved it i thought like that was a very funny moment not funny but like interesting moment to me because it's like this is the first man that's ever come to their island and it's just like these beautiful very talented women just like 
holding him hostage. No, I love the movie because I think it did. Like, it did have some really, like, funny moments and then mm-hmm. it had kind of more sad moments. And, yeah, I just thought it was, like, such a well-rounded movie in that way. Like, it actually, some bits I just found so funny. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a really good mix, for sure. And then my next note says, being stuck on Calypso's Island doesn't seem that bad. Because, like, it's beautiful. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, especially after being at war for 10 years. Like, he deserved a holiday. You know what I mean? I'm sure yeah. he was loving it. <laughs> and it, they got those natural salt. I think they're, like, salt springs or something that were in the side of the cliff. Salt I just, bath. Yeah. Mud, ma- mud bath. <laughs> yeah. They looked beautiful. I know, like, Calypso really got the pick of the picks at that point. Like, she got the best island that you could possibly wish for. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and then when Hermes is like, hey, you know, you really gotta let him go. He's got other things to do in life. Calypso turning to him and be like, you are not worthy of me. And I was like, I see you, queen. Love that for you. (laughs) So then Odysseus makes the ugliest raft I've ever seen in the history of rafts. Terrible. I thought he was supposed to be a great fighter and everything and like so cunning yeah. and smart. And he makes this terrible little raft. I know. It's honestly the worst raft I've ever seen. Like he would have been better had he just like basically taken a log and just swam out there again. Like how has he survived so long when he doesn't have those basic skills? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. Then... You know, we get flashed over to Penelope again. And in the book, it had been kind of implied that, like, some of her servants were just sleeping with the suitors. But this one, it was, like, Penelope's right-hand man. Yeah. (laughs) That was kind of rough. Plus, sleeping with the biggest suitor. Like, that had a whole plot line of itself. True. Yeah. That was one change. Yeah, but I didn't mind it. I thought that was well done because then it's like you don't have to cast all these other people. Yeah, because in the book it mentions like a lot of different names. You're kind of just like, yeah. oh, who is this? So it's easier just kind of sticking to the one and then his mm-hmm. like men. Yeah. And then one of the suitors tries to sleep with Penelope and she's like, nah, dude, not having it. And then they destroy her shout. I liked it. I liked the actually the shroud, like the mm-hmm. pattern and stuff she made, and the way it's like Odysseus's boat. I thought that was really like sweet. Yeah, and I liked the change that it was for Odysseus too, instead of just you know, her random nice... one. Yeah, yeah, because that's more like showing that she is really hopeful that he'll return and all that type of thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of just like something she's just doing to keep busy or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Odysseus's raft does not sleep long, last long at all. No, no um, surprise there. No surprise there. It was literally the worst made raft I've ever seen. And then <laughs> he ends up on the island with the Phoenicians. So Phoenician island, not there for very long. And they kind of are just like immediately get him on a boat to take him home. But they give Odysseus a sleeping potion so that he's finally well-rested when he lands in Ithaca. That's something new as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that idea better because I feel like the thing that bothered me is, like, why was Odysseus sleeping his way as they just dropped him off on Ithaca? Yeah, true. Yeah. And they didn't have the whole, like, him telling his whole story and then kind mm -hmm. of the flashback and all. I like the way the movie is way more linear. It was just... 
because they could have started it with him at the Phoenicians, like telling the story. Because mm-hmm. they because they could have started off the movie with like him talking to, to the Phoenicians and then like yeah. the flashbacks. Yeah, no, I definitely liked it more of a linear story because I think it. Like, had you not read the book, I think you'd be like, oh, what's going to happen next to this guy? Like, what's going to happen next? And I think that's a more interesting way to do it. I hate those movies that have loads of flashbacks. And the only way that you can tell it's a flashback is because, like, a slightly different color palette. Because it just really confuses me. Like, have you seen the Little Women movie? Yes. The first time that I was saw horrible. that, the first time I saw that, I was so confused because I was like, "Wait, what's happening? Wait, what? What? Okay, I see the background is a slightly lighter mm-hmm. color. This must be a flashback. I prefer movies that are just straightforward like that." Yeah. So plus, they didn't de-age anyone in the 2019 one. It was horrible. Yeah, I know that was my biggest criticism. Of yeah, that. I was not. Well, a this fan is a time movie. for you to plug your Little Women episode. <laughs> yeah, listen to those if you want to, but like, I did not enjoy that book at all. So prepare for a straight roasting. I tried to read it and I just got so confused. Like, I think yeah. it would have been better if I listened to an audiobook, but I was just mm-hmm. really confused reading it because I kept forgetting like who was who or like who was speaking when there was like big yeah. long passages. It's definitely a children's novel. Like, it's. It's got so many morals. It's just not very good. But listen to the Little Women episodes if you want to. I, we can <laughs> talk about it later. It's, yeah. <laughs> so then Telemachus comes back to the island to see his mother with the ugliest beard I've ever seen in the history of beards. Yeah. It is so bad. Why do men love experimenting with their facial hair? I just don't understand it. I don't know, man. I don't know. It was not good. It was not a look for my guy. No. So then we have, you know, the queen realizing, oh no, she's got to marry someone now because my guy's got a beard. <laughs> yeah. That's like showing how he's aged. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then Athena turns Odysseus into a old man again. Um, they make all the suitors worse. Uh, they're a lot more like dirty in this one. You know? Yeah. Like, like feeling rough for Penelope. Um, they get Telemachus beat up. Like, they beat the living daylights out of this guy for some reason. They get in, like, a boxing match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we get full bloodbath. Full bloodbath. I liked it. A bit of action. Yeah, and I think the thing that's interesting too that they changed is they basically made everyone just stand outside as this is happening because like they're trying to convince us that Penelope could have slept through the like and all the servants could have slept through this absolute murder that was happening. So I like the idea that like basically Telemachus like you're just going to have to wait outside for this one. Yeah. <laughs> and then the thing that was interesting to me too was the the way they killed the servant girl that helped them was by you know impaling her on this uh on the arrow that also that killed horrible. the guy she was sleeping with it was, was horrible horrible but I liked it better than them punishing her after the fact yeah I guess that makes sense but I was just like ooh but I just I like that idea that like it just kind of rounds things out a little bit better. In my opinion. Yeah, I agree. No, it was good. It was, it was a good uh, choice, I guess. Yeah. 
So then Athena is there when Penelope lays eyes on Odysseus for the first time because Athena wants to see all of the rewards of her actions. Um, my She's girl been Penelope, working hard. She's been she working, working overtime. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> she put in those 80 hours a week trying to get Odysseus home. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So she's like, "All right, I got to be here for this." Yeah, which, you she know, gets respect. A, she gets a fr- she gets a front row seat, like as she should, truly. So then they kiss. Oh, Penelope straight up passes out when she sees Odysseus, which honestly fair. Then they yeah, kiss. I like and that. it ends. I yeah. loved it. I love Penelope. I thought she was like so sweet in it. I do like that they took out the fact that Odysseus is supposed to like leave again because that was ridiculous. Yeah, that was so. I I that was our main criticism when we were doing the book. We were like, this yeah. ending just wasn't needed at all. It just like it completely makes the whole journey home and the big reunion redundant because then he mm-hmm. just has to leave again. Yeah, so I am like thankful that they were just like, yeah, we're not doing that, which yeah, as they should because that was ridiculous. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's like what we were saying. It was like Homer is trying to make a sequel. You know, when you're reading a book yeah. and the author just really wants to make more money. So they just ended on a really mm-hmm. stupid cliffhanger that wasn't needed. Yes, that's very much what it felt like. <laughs> is there a third book? Who knows? But anyways, I didn't Google that. I forgot. <laughs> so that was the 1997 Odyssey. The best one I could have asked for, to be honest. I would give this... To be honest, I'd be generous and I'd give it five out of five stars because yeah. I think the book is very quirky and stuff. And I think that the movie had the same tone and I think it made all the right changes. I think obviously it's a bit funny watching it now because, as you said, the special effects. But mm-hmm. they did the best they could at the time. And I think this deserved more than a straight to TV movie. I think this could yeah. have been in cinemas because justice for this movie, it deserved more. <laughs> I would watch it again for sure. I would like, too. I- I would I would recommend that the listener actually goes and watches this because yeah. it was good. Especially if you're finding the book a bit of a slog or something mm-hmm. or you read the book or you want you're interested but you can't really you're not really invested enough to read the book, definitely watch mm-hmm. the movie. Like if you're having to read this for school and you don't understand what's happening, watch this movie and most of the details are pretty much the same. Uh, there's yeah. just like a couple of things that you're not going to, you know, experience, but yeah. I don't think it's going to make or break. If you have an exam tomorrow and you're listening to this in a panic, trying to learn the Odyssey, watch the movie. Yeah, Save watch the movie. Time. You'll be fine. It's Everything will be fine. You'll pass. <laughs> if you didn't pass, I don't want to. I don't want to be in charge us. of that. Yeah, don't blame me. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> But yeah, that is all we've got for this episode. So thank you so much for uh, joining me, Jade. Thank you. I enjoyed it so much. It's been great. I really love this book. Um, Mm. So if there's any more Greek literature that you want to do in the future, I'm here for it. Definitely, definitely. We are going to have to do that. But where can all the people of the internet find your podcast? You can find me on aboutabook.podcast on Instagram and just search my podcast about a book on all the places where you listen to podcasts about a book all one word go check it out yeah and we will catch you in the next one probably doing the Aeneid at some point I don't know if it'll be the episode that comes out after this but Aeneid at some point yeah (laughs) Yeah, but we'll catch you all later Bye. bye
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on literally everything. Also, I have a Patreon. So if you want to listen to exclusive Patreon episodes every single month, uh, there are also uh, this episode or all other episodes come out two days early over on Patreon. So if you just can't wait to listen to the new episode, please check out the Patreon and then you will get them on Monday instead of Wednesday. So if your commute and your work schedule works better with a Monday, please consider subscribing. You can get Monday exclusive episodes as low as $5 every single month. So please consider joining. Um, It helps support this podcast and, you know, your favorite little independent podcast creator. But yeah, I don't really have any announcements. Um, But I just really appreciate everybody who's joined. If you want to also help support the podcast, please consider leaving a review uh, or, you know, sharing the podcast with a friend. It helps us grow and I would really appreciate it. But I will catch you guys later. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah, and I will catch you guys later. Bye!